I'm Deidre. I'm Chelsea. I feel like I feel like I said it weird. I think I said it weird. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I'm Deidre. And I'm Chelsea. And we're giving you a million murders. Hello, everyone. Hello. We are recording on Black Friday. Rather be in here than out there. Absolutely. (laughs) Y'all out there doing it. Y'all go. Be free. Go, sis. Can't be me. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. But, um, yeah, so this will come out, what, next week? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so... Hopefully everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Yes, that's what I was just about to say. Yes, hope you all had a good time with friends or family. And uh, we have started holiday season, honey. Yep. It's about that time. It's about that time. Yep, it's... I don't want <laughs> another Christmas. Yes, it's time. Y'all have, y'all have already heard it 85 times by now. Mm-hmm. So... So today, I'm going to do some more celebrity ghost stories. Yes. So today, I'm doing uh, Carrie Fisher, Rue McClanahan, and John Waters. Sweet. I love Blanche. I do too. Yes. Yes. So, um, let's see. Okay. So Carrie Fisher's haunting is the first story. So she's an actress, screenwriter, and novelist, and she's best known for being Princess Leia in the Star Wars series. So if you didn't know who she is, you probably do now. The buns. Yes. Yes, the space buns. buns. Yep. Yep. So she has since passed away, you know, um, and her daughter is Billy Lord from the Scream Queen series. Um, And her mom's Debbie Reynolds from Singing in the Rain, Halloween Town. You know, all of Isn't that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They died like... Because she died... Her mom co- died and then she died. No, she died. Then her mom died. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm thinking of Whitney Houston. Yeah. Because she died and then her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's their little family. Very big family. Well, her, her dad is a... Uh... Mm. <laughs> you said... Mm. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Something Fisher. Uh, But he's a big celebrity, too, or was back then. But anyway, so uh, Carrie says you would think there's ghosts in her house because it's so old. Like, you would just naturally think that. Carrie said she bought the home from Betty Davis, who is an iconic actress from the 30s whose career spanned five decades. Like, Betty Davis was... A huge celebrity, mm-hmm. you know. So she bought the house from Betty Davis. Well, Betty Davis bought the house from the man who played the ship captain in the 1933 version. Uh, yeah, of King Kong. And she was pretty sure he passed away there. Wow. Mm-hmm. She said if walls could absorb the energy of powerful presences, the house had it going on. Like, it was just... A very energetic seeming house, Mm -hmm. like the vibe and all of that. So a friend of hers named Greg Stevens, who was a Republican gay drug addict, as she called him, lived with her. 
Yes. <laughs> I was like, this is what she called him, the Republican gay drug addict. And uh, she talked about how much fun they used to have, even though their opinions and views on things were different. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, he lived. His family lived in L.A. <clears throat> My voice is. Ooh. <laughs> I've been singing and talking. His family lived in L.A., but he and his family didn't get along. So her house was his home. Mm. So Greg had come out for the Academy Awards because he wanted to go to all the parties, which, I mean, let one of my friends become famous. I'm going to be like, please. Yeah, like, can we? Just a couple of tickets. Because I'm trying to go to all the Academy Mm -hmm. Awards parties. Like, are you kidding? Oh, it'd be so fun. It would be so fun, but we'd be broke because we'd have to get the best dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you come correct. Come correct. Okay. Like, we would, yeah. No, we would just have to. So he arrived on a Friday and went to a party with them. And Carrie had left the party earlier than him, but he arrived later with his assistant friend, Judy. Uh, So he slept with Carrie that night to give Judy the guest room where he normally slept. And this was the first time they'd ever slept together in her bed. Mm -hmm. And she said it was also the last time he would sleep in her bed. Oh, what happened? She woke up. (gasps) Shut up. And went over to check on Greg because he wasn't moving. No. Yeah. Yeah. She remembers shaking on him, telling, shaking on him, God. She she remembers shaking him, telling him to wake up, but he had sadly died in her bed that night. Mm. Yeah. I, I cannot imagine. Like, oh, Mm-mm. it's just terrible. So um, she called 911, but by then she was just paralyzed. Uh, he died of heart failure at 42 years old. Wow. Young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She blamed herself for his death because it happened on her watch. And she thought if she had woken up in the middle of the night, it would have never happened. Aww, yeah. Aww. Yeah. And like in the show, you can tell like it really was still something that was. With her from. Yeah. Something that was hard for her to talk about. Mm-hmm. So after a while in the house, there was this really strong sense of a presence And she said it was like heavier and that there was something in the house. Like the house just felt off. Mm -hmm. So Carrie would come home and say, hi, Greg, I'm back. Um, You would walk in in the air. There was just something liquid almost about it. Like Mm. the air just felt thick. She said like you were moving through an aura or something. Um, Very soon after that, vivid noises started taking place. Carrie's boyfriend at the time thought the noises were absurd And she told him that Greg was following her. He didn't believe her, but then he was at her house and heard the noises too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One night Carrie was in her bedroom writing uh, when the weirdest thing happened. Um, She had this gag toy that would say awful things to you when you press the button, like you're an a-hole, eat crap, Mm -hmm. but it's obviously cussing and are you effing talking to me? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just some little toy. So she had left it in the room next to her in the closet where Greg had left many of his clothes. Mm-hmm. While she's laying in bed writing through the wall, she hears the gag toy go off and it really scared her. So this gag toy is in the closet in the next room and she just hears it. Mm-mm. She's like, what's happening? And she didn't want to go in there and look for the toy. So she stayed in the room and just calmed down. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Then it happened again. And then she was really scared because she knew it was Greg. Both times the toy said, are you effing talking to me? 
she said, Greg, stop it. This isn't funny. And then it responded, are you effing talking to me again? Now, this is supposed to go. Th- you know how these yeah. toys are. They go through a cycle. So it should have said, you're an a-hole. Yeah. Eat S-H-I-T. Mm-hmm. It should have been like that. But it just kept saying, are you effing talking to me? So that freaked me out because I was like, oh, uh-uh. Um, so Carrie would Carrie would later tell the editor of her book about the situation and the editor said maybe she should talk to a psychic, which was something um, that she hadn't really thought about or, you know, did commonly, but she thought it was worth a shot. Mm-hmm. So she called the psychic and the psychic said he was pulled out of life so abruptly and so young and that she felt he was in distress and didn't want to accept his death. Mm. Yeah. Because Greg had planned on settling there for a while and continuing his life, but he couldn't. And in a way, he did end up settling there when he died Mm -hmm. for some time. Uh, So Carrie didn't think it was necessarily a bad thing and didn't feel she should do something to make him leave. She was just like, you know, she was completely okay with it and said, you know, it makes sense to stick around somewhere you're comfortable Mm -hmm. and with the people you love until you can accept things and move on. Um, and so that's the end of her story, but it makes me think, you know, I'm like, I wonder if her daughter has seen anything or heard anything Yeah. now that she's passed away. Um, cause just, her daughter lives there. Uh, I don't know. Uh-uh. She may not, but just when she said like sticking around people you love, I was like, I wonder if, you know, how long did she die after he died? Do you know? Ah. Hmm. Well, even if they were the same age or around the same age, he was 42 when he died and she died. She died. She was in her like 60s or 70s, I think. So probably like 20 years or so. Mm -hmm. I would I would think. Um, But I don't know. Let me see. How old was she? Oh. Okay, she was 60. Because she was born in 56. So, yeah, like about 20, maybe 15, 20 years. So, this must have happened in like the, the 90s or... Eight, I don't know. Yeah. At this point, I feel like the 80s is still 20 years ago. And I... <laughs> so, just... Don't mind me. Um, But, yes. So, that is Carrie's story. Um... I feel like she has another story or something on here because a couple of these people have had multiple stories. So they'll come back like, um, I forgot who it was. Oh, Carney Wilson, Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Wilson's daughter from the beach boys. Who's in Wilson Phillips, that band. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, she has a couple on here. Um, but anyway, so the second story comes from John Waters. John is a filmmaker and is known for his controversial movies. I think his most well-known movie would be Hairspray, but he also did Pink Flamingos and Crybaby as well. Crybaby. Crybaby. Crying all the time. I want to watch that now. Mm-hmm. It was such a good... I mean, we can pop it in and we get done. <laughs> oh, so, um, John thinks that his artistic vision was born while attending summer camp when he was face to face with a spirit. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
So this took place this took place in the late fifties when he was about ten or twelve years old at a camp called Happy Hollow. Happy Hollow was mostly where you went to play sports and swimming, but there were about twenty campers who would spend the night and there were three cabins. Um so John was a camper staying the night and he befriended one of the counselors and really looked up to him. He was really cool in his eyes and handsome, so he just was yeah. like I want it all. Yeah, he was like, Yes. I'm I here for it. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. It was the <laughs> and I want it. <laughs> um done. Yes. So um every year they would all go on this hike. It was an overnight hike, which Oh, well, I don't think I could do that. No, absolutely not. I'm telling you right now, I couldn't do that. So they had their sleeping bags, canteens, and flashlights, and it was kids between the ages of 6 and 12 that were Mm -hmm. on this little hike. They set out on the path they usually took, but they were going deeper and deeper into the woods. Yeah, like further than they'd ever been. And he said they never had been that far because they only got to do this like once a year, this hike. So three counselors went with the kids, and they finally got to a clearing where they decided to set up camp. They had been taught how to build a fire, so they did, and roasted marshmallows and hot dogs. So it sounded, you know, mm-hmm. fun for now. Well, now they're all sitting in their sleeping bags, or on their sleeping bags, and it's getting darker and darker. And the fire is going out, and Robin, one of the counselors, starts telling ghost stories. Mm. Yeah. So the story he was telling was about the ghost of a boy named Billy, uh, Billy Whitehead. And Robin said Billy had disappeared and died on one of these overnight hikes uh, they were on at the camp. Mm -hmm. Just scaring these children. Mm -hmm. He said they had covered it up and said he drowned while looking for crawfish. Mm -mm. And that every year his spirit would cry out to the other kids to let them know his spirit is still there in the woods. So like this, he's, he's saying that the kid disappeared and the camp covered it up and said, oh, he drowned. Like, Mm-mm. I just can't with this story. So then the campfire came to an end and everyone went to bed after this <laughs> ghost story about a missing child. And uh, now the fire had burnt out and it was pitch black out there. And you could only hear the animals out in the woods, which. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like. The walking and like leaves and the leaves were cracking. the tw- yeah I was about to say the twigs cracking no uh, snapping absolutely not because like me and me and B- my friend Bubba <laughs> will be in the hot tub and one time we were in the hot tub one night at his house and I kept hearing this rustling and snapping in the woods and I kept turning my head I was like because <laughs> my back was to the woods Mm-mm. and I was like what is happening. And he was like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like, trying to, he was like, it's just a deer. I was like, okay, if you say so, if I see something rolling up here, I don't know what we're going to do because we're going to break our legs trying to get out of this hot tub. Like, I can't. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, so, yeah, the animals out in the woods, they could hear that. And all of a sudden, one of the kids starts calling out for Joe, another one of the counselors there. Mm-hmm. But no one answered and he wasn't around. Then a second kid calls out for Kevin, another counselor, and the same thing happens. Like nothing. N- yeah, nothing. Like no one's answering. Mm-mm. No one's answering the kids. What They're are like, doing? Joe, 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 <laughs> Kevin, 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 Kevin. <laughs> and then 
an older kid called out for Robin and still no one answered. Like all the, the counselors are gone. Some of the younger kids were freaking out because all the counselors were gone. Like they're, and then they hear this noise and in the distance, a light running through the woods and then more devilish, scary sounds coming from the woods. Absolutely not. Oh. And you're out in the middle. I mean, where are you going to go? You've got to go back the way of the sound because you can't go deeper into the woods. Right. No. I just, this is why you don't go in the woods. So then another light passed by and a different one. It seemed like there was more than one thing out there running in the woods. And there was something... And that something was running with the lights out there. So it was like, there's lights and then there's something out there running with the lights, like it's chasing it or whatever. And um, the sounds were coming from different places as well. The next thing they hear is a thud in the middle of the circle they were in. Because remember, they're in that little circle, Uh -uh. sleeping bags, and in the middle, just thud right in the middle. And it's dark, so they couldn't really see it. Wait, I would have been so stressed out. Oh my gosh. Yes. So they they hear the thud and they thought the ghost had gotten the counselors and no one was moving from their sleeping bags. And like the terror was at its peak. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like they are (laughs) panicked. So John hears more move, some movement and a voice in the distance. And he recognizes the voice as Robin's voice. And he's one of the kids in this story, right? Yeah. John Waters is, is a kid. Yeah. Between, like, he's, like, 10 to 12 years old. Okay. Yeah. So, he hears Robin's voice, and in his mind, they were caught, and his fear level went down immediately. He's like, it's Robin. Robin's out there. So, he yelled out to the other kids that it was the counselors messing with them. So, he's like, oh, we're fine. Like, we're cool. It's just them, right? (laughs) Um, John walked over to where the thud happened to Uh -uh. see what made the sound. And it was a canteen filled with leftover trash from the cookout that a counselor had thrown at them. Okay, so, like, they've just scared these poor babies. Like, they're all gone. They hear the thud, and it's just a canteen with trash in it. So, John went into the woods a little, but it's so dark, you know. He's brave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, like, it just makes sense because, like, his movies... He's just, he just seems like a a kid who would do that. Like, this seems like the kind of stuff he would do. So, he, yeah, he goes in the woods, but it's so dark out there, you know, and he's trying to, you know, find Robin. And he was mad that he wasn't involved in the prank. Like, he's feeling left out. He's got FOMO because he's done made this connection Mm -hmm. with this counselor. And he's like, how are you going to do me like that? Um, And when he goes a little further, he sees a light. But it was completely different from the other lights they saw earlier, and Robin was nowhere to be found. So now he's out here alone in the woods. And there's a light, and no one else is there. Mm-mm. And the light was white, and it wasn't flashing at all. Um, it also didn't have an actual shape to it. So it wasn't like a ball of light or anything like that. And the light zoomed down, and it was very quick. And he realized it wasn't the counselors, and he said it was like nothing he had ever seen before. As it got closer, he said it was the face of an older man, and the shape had an odd, sweet odor, like powdered sugar. Mm -hmm. Like he could smell, like there was a smell with it, which is so strange. Yeah, it is weird. It's weird to think that something like that would, like, 
there'd be a scent. A scent yeah. yeah. Um, the man's face seemed familiar and it wasn't hostile. It looked at him almost understandingly. He didn't know why he wasn't screaming and he just stood there in awe of it. Um, he's like, I don't know why I'm not freaking out yeah. right now. And um, he said it was, it brought a calmness to him. When he looked up, he saw Robin walking near him and the light and he looked terrified. So like Robin had nothing to do with this. Like he's walking up mm -hmm. after the prank and then now there's this happening. <laughs> and um, he said the light then disappeared as soon as it had appeared. So like as soon as Robin walked up, he had time to see the light and then it was gone. Mm -hmm. uh, the next day, no one spoke about what happened or ratted out the counselors for playing the original prank on them. Uh, John also said that the friendship he had with Robin died after that night. He thinks it's because he saw the fear in his eyes after seeing that man. Mm -hmm. He said this encounter made him feel more confident and made him into the man he is today. Hmm. Yeah. So a little spooky ooky uh, camp story. We love oh, to see it. Yeah. It's got a fake ghost story, a real ghost story, or some kind of story mm -hmm. in there. So the last story is Rue McClanahan's story. Rue! Yes, yes. That's what we call my sister. Yes, Rue. So uh, Rue is, of course, the actress who played the infamous Blanche. Blanche. Yes, from the Golden Girls. Um, Fabulous. Fabulous. Yes, yes. So uh, Rue had a best friend named Real that she had known since the fourth grade. Mm. Yep. She said she developed a feeling for him that he was her touchstone. Like they were just, um, what's it called? <laughs> what, what do they be saying? Like soul flame or something? What oh, is it I don't say? know. I've always Flame heard... twin, soul twin, whatever. That's what it reminds me of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like she's like, this is. You know, they were just connected, <laughs> I guess. Oh, get connected. That color free. Yeah. So he was the one she went to with everything. Real, Rue, and... Oh, God, I knew I was going to mess it up. Yeah. It's too... It's too... Yeah. Real, Rue, and Christina, a friend they met in college, wound up living in Los Angeles together. They were a trio, but her and Real were closer, and he was there through all of her marriages and divorces. Aww. Yes. He, like, was there through thick and thin, honey. A loyal friend. Yes. <sighs> so, uh, a few years before the episode aired, like this episode uh -huh. <clears throat> that I was watching, uh, Real became very sick and was diagnosed with PSP, which stands for Progressive Supranuclear Palsy. Which comes with memory loss and the loss of motor functions. One day, Rue was sitting alone with Real, and she was holding his hand while he was in bed. And at this point, he couldn't move or speak anymore. But she asked him if he would contact her after he passed, and if there's any way for him to give her a message. So she's just like, just give me a little, yeah. a little hint, a little signal that you're here, if there is, you know an afterlife type thing. Um, Rue spoke to him about playing with uh, a chemistry set together mm -hmm. when they were little and to do something along that line when he reaches out. She said, how about electricity? Use electricity in some way. So she said she didn't know why that was what she picked, but it just seemed like the right thing to say. 
Um, so the night he died, he was living at his mother's house and his mother, Rue and Christina, the girl mm-hmm. from the, the little, their little trio, they were there and they couldn't tell if he was breathing at one point, And when they checked, he had died. Hmm. Yeah. So he passed away and Rue stayed at the house with his mother, but Christine went home or Christina. Mm-hmm. I don't know if her name's Christine or Christina, because I've got Christine in here, but then I think she was Christina at the beginning. And so anyway, the next day, Rue and Real's mom, Rue and Real's mother got up and ended up in the kitchen around the same time. Real's mom turned on the recessed lights in the kitchen and they were about, there were about nine of them that, you know, came on mm-hmm. at the same time. And Rue said the lights were turned on and then the next thing she knew, they went out. Real's mom mentioned how weird it was because they've never all burnt out at the same time. It was always one at a time. So, like, it's not that the whole pa- the power to the entire house mm-hmm. went off. It was just that one room and it was all the lights in the kitchen all at once. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, everything else still had power. So, it wasn't even like, oh, the breaker. Like, yeah. it was just the lights. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Rue hadn't told her about... uh you know, Real's promise he, you know, made to contact her through electricity Mm -hmm. because she thought it was a coincidence. So, you know, she's just like, weird. Okay, moving on. So then Rue went to the office to send an email to Christina, checking in with her, see how she was doing that day. And when she started talking about Real, the the screen, the screen got staticky like a television does. Wow. Yeah, like, you've never seen that happen before Mm -hmm. like what is like computer screens don't usually do stuff like that so she went to the telephone to call christina instead because she's like okay well i guess something's wrong with the computer i'll just call her and she said she was able to get a hold of her and was checking in about how the night had gone and christina said she didn't get much sleep because the strangest thing happened when she came home the night before she went into her kitchen and when she turned on the lights, all 20 of them snapped out at once. Rue was startled and thrilled because she thought this could really be happening, mm-hmm. you know. And she told Christina about the promise and about real. And the next thing she knew, the telephone went dead to a busy signal sound. But it was a steady stream of sound. Because, you know, well, some people won't know. If you're, I don't know, if you were born in like 2000, you may not know what it sounds like. <laughs> On a landline, when it's busy, it's It's like, yeah, like, you know, so there used to be a sound whenever you'd call, like if you're trying to call and order a pizza and everybody's calling Pizza Hut or wherever at the same time, yes, when you called, it would just go doop, doop, doop like that. And it sounded like that, but it was just doop. Okay. Mm Mm-mm. Uh, she told Christine to just come over because she'd never get the story out otherwise. She was like, I'm trying to tell you something, but like I, I tried to email, I've called, it's not working, so mm-hmm. just, just come over here. So Christine shows up, and Rue is finally able to finish her story about the promise, and she thinks it was definitely his style with the way things happened. About a week and a half after he died, she was in his room clearing out things he had kept, She was feeling nostalgic being with his things and she looked up over her shoulder into the living room and he was there grinning at her. Aw. Yep. 
She said besides the wheelchair, he looked like he did for years and that he didn't look sick anymore. Mm. Real then. Okay. Let me just. Real then said to her, hey, it's no big deal. And then he was gone. Mm. Yeah. She took it to mean that he was okay and that she shouldn't mourn his loss. She said it was very comforting and amusing because it was so like him to say that to her. She ended with saying, so it's hard to not believe in the afterlife mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. And that is Rue McClanahan's I ghost story. It. Yeah. It's so good. And it's so random. And I like reading the ones from people who have passed away because I'm mm-hmm. always just wondering, like, did they, you know, mm-hmm. do anything? Like, I think about Joan Rivers. Remember she had that. Um, oh. She lived in that. Um, that building in New York in the penthouse suite or like where the ballroom was and that lady. Mm -hmm. And then I think about her and I'm like, I wonder if she is like there too now or if she's, you know, wherever and all that kind of stuff. So if they met. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did she get to meet, um, JP Morgan's niece? I think that was who she was like his great niece or something. But, um, that generational wealth right there. When your whole family can just live forever. Don't even have to work. Could you imagine? I mean, the life. I mean, it just takes one person. One person in your family has to, like, get the oil rig going, find some gold, (laughs) play the stock market and do a really great job. And then you're, like, like the Walmart people. But anyway, enough about generational wealth. Mm -hmm. Um... If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you should email them to us at a million murders at gmail.com. You can check, you can check out our Instagram of the pictures of the people, places, things. Um, some of them won't have pictures if it's like reddits or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or, or whatever like else we do. Yeah. These. yeah. And then, <clears throat> Then you can check out our Facebook group and page and share stuff on that if you'd like, if it's easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's it. Alrighty. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. And we hope that you come back for a, a million, million more. more. Bye. Bye.